The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good evening and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and as always, Real Life Real Estate is here to be your public radio source for the education and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And my guest this evening is one of my favorite people in the whole world, Robin Thompson, who many of you know as the queen of rehab. You've, you may have seen her around, whether it was at your real estate association or possibly the OREA convention. Maybe you've, you've caught her online because uh, she's been doing this business for over 20 years and teaching it for 12 or 15 of those years and is probably probably the best known retailer in the United States who's not on a quote reality TV show. <laughs> Big quote, uh, reality TV show. So uh, Robin, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for having us. My pleasure to be here. And and um, you know we've we've had we've had you you come on from time to time, especially over the last ten years or so, and sort of update us on what the heck is going on in the market for houses for first time home buyers, which is you know kind of what you specialize in buying them, fixing them, and selling them to people who want to live in them. And um, I thought I thought maybe we could take a little bit of a different tack today and maybe maybe bring you back later in the year and talk more about just the retailing market but i was i was thinking on the drive up here today how interesting it is that y- you started out as a a white collar worker all right so so like you didn't grow up swinging a hammer and also no. a woman and the strategy that you got into when you got into real estate was fixing houses, which is, I, I mean, I, I, I assume I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say most people think of that as a guy thing to do. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about what, what was it that made you go, oh, I can do that. Well, I don't know if I had the smarts, Vina, to think I could do that in the beginning. Uh, what I can tell you, I the first house I bought didn't need a ton of work. It was pretty much a paint and a carpet type of situation. And I rented that house, and it cash flowed for a little over $400 a month, and which I thought back then was the greatest paycheck in the world. <laughs> um, and not to, you know, not want to do buy and hold, but... You know, I did a couple of those, and I mean, the game plan was to buy 10 rentals to replace what I made on my corporate job, 
And then I had a guy say to me after I did paint and carpet and a little bit of cleanup on one, hey, if I could sell this and make it five or $6,000, would you do that? And I thought, well, you know, $400 a month. If I sell it and get $5,000 now, that's like getting all the money for a year in advance. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't take him seriously, and he actually did it. And I, to my shock, you know, when I went to the closing, the check was for a little over $10,000 because I didn't understand adjustments on a HUD or anything like that. The seller had paid my closing costs, and I didn't pay closing costs when I sold, so I got the closing costs back plus the five grand. And so my first flip was like $10,000 for paint and carpet. And so I knew I wanted to do that again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the first house I bought, that was a little condo to start with. And then the first house I bought was just like paint, carpet, kitchen. And that one made like 12000 And then the next one, the houses got nastier as I went. And what I learned is the more rehab you do, the bigger the checks get. So it didn't take me long to get addicted to that. And that's kind of how the game went. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Almost 400 later, it's, life's a lot different. So you, you now for sure. You basically you basically did not start out thinking I'm a rehabber. You started out thinking I'm a landlord, and part of that is that I have to sometimes make things prettier before my tenants can move in. Yeah, well, the the first one I bought, being the carpet was so bad. I mean, it smelled, and it was supposed to be blue, and it was black. <laughs> so that had to be done. And then you know, there's holes in the walls, and they were dirty, so they had to be. It had to be painted. So. It kind of was, I don't want to say a no-brainer, but it was just basic common sense. And, I mean, I had no desire and didn't know anything about flipping or wholesaling or retailing. I didn't even know what those words meant. So I guess it was a good thing I didn't because I may have talked myself out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the first few made decent money. And then, you know, after you start learning some of the construction stuff, then it's amazing how, you know, the checks get more profitable from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. But I have to tell you, there are challenges with with being a female in the industry, for sure. Okay, well, you just you just said the thing that I was trying carefully trying to figure out how to phrase, um, because <laughs> well, it's okay to ask, and, and you know, it's a lot of it was lack of self esteem on my end, and uh, I guess lack of knowledge, or I felt I had lack of knowledge. But what happens is the more knowledge you gain, male or female, the more profitable you become and then it gets to the point when you realize it's your money you're putting up and it's your decision because you have to sell it um you need to take the bull by the horns to make the decisions and sometimes your gut instinct needs to kick in i mean i'm a firm believer and i know you are too the nicer you make the house the easier it is to sell it and you know young folks today are real picky about what they want they want really nice things and they're okay to borrow the money to do that to buy that house. And so sometimes you can run into a headbutt with the old school contractors who want to do everything the cheapest way because that's the way landlords want to do it. Uh, rehabbing is a very different, to sell to a first time buyer is a very different strategy than landlording on the renovation side. And so you are going to run into those folks that have done it their old way for years and you're going to have to stand up to them. Um, and what I find is the more knowledge you have, the more respect you get from the better quality contractors you hire. So it's important to pick the right folks as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that one of the big challenges with with your particular area of, of focus, which is which is 
you know, yeah, you go out and find the great deals like everybody has to, but then you, then your job is to make them into nice properties for a homeowner, which means dealing with a lot of contractors. And I got to tell you, the number one thing that I hear from women is these contractors try and walk all over me. They act like they don't even, they don't even bother to try and find out if I know anything. They just, they just assume I don't. And they want to, they want to charge me higher prices and they want to do things that don't need to be done and they want to do things wrong. And, and they think, I don't know what that is. Yep. And that, you know, Dana, that comes from, I think, from the fact that somebody gives somebody an inch and they want to take a mile. And so, you know, my best advice to the ladies that are listening is you need to be very clear with a scope of work that includes every SKU number and every brand name of what you want. Like for me, when I go in to meet a contractor the first time, I have the list of which toilet paper holder, which towel bar, which tub, which vanity, which faucet I want. And I just give them all this, and I said, hey, this is the list of everything that has to be put in, exactly which one, not work, you know, they can pick any toilet from $99 to $5,000. <laughs> so the more specific I think a lady can be with her demands and what she wants, and it's in writing, that comes across that you've got a business ability, and you've got business sense, and you're organized, and you know exactly what you want. So that commands a little bit more respect, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of ladies don't know what they want, and then that comes across, and if there is somebody going to take advantage of you, they know they've got a good shot at doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think the more more detailed-oriented you can be, the better off you are in this business, for sure. Excellent. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about uh, Robin's uh, two-decade-long experience in the buying for resale business. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to take your questions because this is a pre-recorded program. But uh, stay tuned and we'll get you some more good information on how you two can get started in the business of retailing real estate. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Robin Thompson, also known as the Queen of Rehab. And uh, we're, we're sort of discussing her her now two-decade-long business in uh, buying, fixing, and reselling properties, which has been a very successful business. She's done more deals than most people have even seen houses. And um, Robin, I've always, I've always been curious, you know, the, the quote, reality TV shows that people see <laughs> and then they think that that's kind of kind of what the business is i would have thought that you would have been approached a decade ago by those folks i mean cuz you're a woman and 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 you yeah, i mean I not to say you do it alone because you do have a team of contractors and realtors and all of that sort of stuff but you don't you know you don't have a husband who's calling all the shots like it seems is always the case <laughs> on these on these shows how come you how come we've never seen you uh, on a reality uh, TV show. Probably way back when they first started to be on one of those shows. And they asked me to do 16 episodes, which wasn't going to be a problem. The only challenge I had been is when I said to them, what are the 16 lessons that I can teach? Uh, they told me it was all about drama and ratings and advertising, what they could charge for the advertisers. And uh, they actually told me I needed to lose money on three houses out of 16. <laughs> During the episodes, and I'm like, uh, no, I don't buy houses to lose money. 
And so the, the challenge that I have is, you know, I want to make sure people understand all the costs. I mean, you know, if you look at some of the reality TV stuff, they show what the person paid for it, what they, you know, what they bought it for, and then what the rehab cost was. And they're like, oh, well, everything else is profit. And they miss the carrying costs, like the taxes and the insurance and the lights and the water and the sewer and the mortgage and you have to take all of those factors into consideration to determine what you should pay for a house. So I look at the properties that are on the reality shows and they can't be making any money on them, but they show their massive profits. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to take all those costs into consideration before you buy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I have a real challenge with the show. So, you know, I've been approached. Um, I had somebody else call a couple months ago and I, and I got to be honest with you, that's not where I want to be because it's, it's just not reality. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently, apparently, if you're going to be successful on one of those shows, you got to punch somebody or divorce somebody, or it's it's not even about. Or the house has snakes underneath it, or right. you didn't see them. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And 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 I think I mean, the folks who watch them, I hope they understand they're watching them for fun, because I I I cannot oh. sit through an entire episode of any of those shows. Because I want to throw stuff at the TV, you know. Because yeah, they're... I'm with you. I can't even turn it on to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I saw. And I, saw... I, I and being, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm very scared for some of my students because they follow everything that they teach about layouts and floor plans and color schemes. And you know, I've got some students that are having a tough time selling some houses right now because they they went against you know some neutral color schemes and. And so, just be careful what you watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would be my best advice to everybody: get educated. But not there. Yeah, that's not sure. that's not education. It's entertainment. I mean, I, I I saw a piece right. of an episode one time where the drama was that the whoever the star was I don't even remember um, had a bulldozer that he wasn't supposed to be playing with because it belonged to one of his contractors and he accidentally knocked the garage over and had to rebuild a two car garage from the ground up and somehow still made money on the property. Yeah, and no. it's not—it's not my experience that you can go twenty thousand dollars over budget, at least not in my part of the country, and still make money yeah. on the property. Not in any part of the country, <laughs> right? I'm with you. No, right. So yeah, I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's fun, but but seriously, the education is is so so important. And and I'll tell you the the two places that people seem to, at least again in my market, to be really lacking in the education part is understanding what repairs actually cost they they either seem to think you can do a kitchen a bath a roof a furnace central air a little bit of rewiring carpet and paint for five thousand dollars or they think that ought to cost a hundred thousand dollars on a hundred and twenty thousand dollar house and it's just you know that's right. that's the thing that 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 people are you know they're always they're always coming to us at rea meetings and whatnot and saying what does this cost or should this cost this? How how do, how does one even go about getting that information? Well, there's really two ways, you know. One, they can get some training from, you know, an intense weekend somewhere on rehabbing on repair costs, or they hire themselves, which is what I did in the beginning, a really good all-around general contractor who's been in business over 15 years. And then what I did in the beginning is I found a really good contractor. He built houses from the ground up and I, when he was young and then, you know, did general contracting work when he got older. 
uh, I would pay him $50 to come out and evaluate a house from top to bottom. And one of the things I always asked Tom was, hey, can you tell me what the worst case scenario is on each one of the cost components? So I would say, hey, does the house need a roof? And he would say yes. And I'm like, okay, how did you know that? Because I figured if I was paying him $50 for an hour to come out there and look at the house, I was going to get my $50 out of him. And so he would tell me, you know, how he could tell the roof was coming to the end of its life. And he taught me what cupping was. And then he would he taught me how houses are priced, roofs are priced by square, and then he taught me what that meant and then how to figure out how many squares times $350 a square. So it didn't take probably more than five or seven times of having him come evaluate a house with me before I started to understand some of the basic components, and I can't say all, um, but at least I got the big ticket items down. I mean, he showed me how to tell a house had freeze damage, even if it was July, this is the house was empty the previous winter. He could show me how to evaluate rust stains and cracks in radiators. And, and so it's really important to have somebody that's been in the construction field a long time on your team. Um, and that's one of the, also the good ways to know what all the permitting requirements are and, you know, all the rules that your city has for that kind of stuff. And I think that's a really good way for students to start to learn. Plus, they, you know, any intense education they can take. Uh, is always important too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't. You know, so I, I haven't necessarily found that the contractor by themselves is the. They are part of the answer, but the problem is if if you got a guy who's looking at you as a newbie who isn't going to know what things cost. Mm-hmm. I've seen people getting taken advantage of by contractors, and I know you have as well. So I think I think it's a combination of you yep. you sort of understanding. If you have if you have heard that a roof should cost forty five hundred dollars if it's you know x number of squares and your contractor says ten thousand that should set off alarm bells. Yeah. But if you've never heard the number forty five hundred, you might just you might you might go oh okay ten thousand dollars I didn't know it was going to be that much and boom you know you just wow. lost all your profit. Well, and it doesn't hurt. I tell students all the time too to get multiple bids. I, I think when somebody's brand new, they should invest the time being a, in getting you know, four quotes, five quotes on a roof on a big ticket item like that. And, you know, if you get three people that come in at 4,500 to 5,000 and then you get two guys that are 10 grand, you'd have to ask yourself, you know, why would you even call the ones that are 10 grand back? I mean, in the beginning, it takes a while to get multiple bids, but I think it's a learning experience that is valuable education that people need to put the time in to do. Um, you know, and then I also tell students, you know, go to the main supply houses like Sherwin-Williams and ask them who the top three painters are in town who's been buying paint for 20 years that hasn't changed their name. So they didn't go bankrupt or anything like that. And they pay their bills every month. And so, you know, asking for really good references for the people to quote, that helps eliminate some of the, the uh, folks that are going to try to take advantage of you as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So learning is a multiple step process, for sure. But multiple bids that definitely helps you figure out who's the high person that's in left field, for sure. Are you finding that there's a shortage of contractors in the market right now? Oh yeah, our market in Florida is just on fire. And as I travel the country, speaking pretty much every weekend, uh, I find the same thing because the economy is really booming. Uh, the good ones are really busy about four to six weeks out at least. And um, I just kind of have to plan for that. And let me give you an example. I put a house under contract this week. 
well, the minute I put it under contract, you know, I'm going to run my title search to make sure that, you know, I can buy this thing. And that takes a couple days. Well, once I get that done, I've got like 30 days till I close. I can't wait till 30 days from now to start looking for the contractors because if I wait a month, then they need to, you know, six weeks to finish up what they're doing. You know, my house is going to sit there with no activity for six or seven weeks. So mm-hmm. once I put one under deposit, you know, I start looking right away. And um, that way I can give them three or four weeks heads up to say, hey, go ahead and pencil me in for when you're finishing the stuff you're working on. And then my house is not delayed nearly as much. It may be delayed a week or two, but it's not delayed a month or two. And I, I think, you know, again, about being organized, I think a lot of young folks aren't. And so, you know, they wait till they're ready to close and then start looking for someone. And I think you're behind the eight ball for sure. That's that's so interesting that I brought up this problem that that a lot of folks consider to be like a massive issue that, you know, I can't I can't even I can't even get a roofer to come and give me a bid for two weeks. And then he tells me he can't put it on for four more weeks. What do I do? And I said it to you, and you're like, yeah, problem solved. I, I, I'm aware of that, and I've, I've already figured out how to deal with it. Um, I'm guessing that probably comes from 20 years in the market and being in markets that were this hot before and also being in yeah. markets that were – Yeah, it, it seems like there's always, there's, always a, there's always some challenge, right? It's either uh, – you yeah. know, in 2009, it was where's my buyers. In, in 2006, yeah. it was where's yeah. my deals, <laughs> and now it's where's my contractors. Right. Well, you know, we, we've got a challenge with the con- roofing contractors for sure right now because Hurricane Matthew whipped up the coast, and when it did, it took off a third of the roofs in Port Orange where most of my rental properties are at. So, yeah, you have to get in line. But, you know, one of the things you learn, Bina, you know, you've been in business as long as I have, that procrastinating and putting stuff off is an expensive co- business cost. So, you know, you and I, neither one of us put stuff off till the last minute. So by being ahead of the game and being organized, what I find is that we're a lot more profitable than the folks that are not organized. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, this kind of, you know, I've just learned that if I want something done, don't wait till the last minute, let's get it scheduled. And then that's respecting their time because the really good ones, the ones that do everything to building code and pass a permit first time and give you a price and stick to it. They are going to be busy. Uh, you don't want somebody that's sitting at home watching TV that could start a roof tomorrow. Because uh, <laughs> there may be a reason for that. <laughs> that's your first warning sign. If they say they can come out tomorrow, your first warning sign would be to run. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more to Robin Thompson about what's going on in the retailing market right now, how you can get yourself ready to to get out there and, and do something in despite the fact that with uh, of the challenges with the contractor is a hot, hot market if you have a deal for sale. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vena Jones-Cox, talking today to Robin Thompson, the queen of rehab, who has done over 400 renovations and resales in the past. We're just going to call it 20 years. We're not going to say that it's <laughs> been any longer than that. And um, it's a seesaw. The market's always a seesaw. And some some things are always great and some things are always a challenge in every market. There's never, I can't remember ever being in a market where deals were available, money was available, buyers were available, you know, like, like across the board, everything was easy. You know, there's, there's always, right. there's always something that is the work 
of real estate and i think for for most folks whether retailers or not right now the work is trying to find some deals that aren't on the market because um i don't know about where you live but where i live mls deals are selling in two days for too much money yep same here i haven't bought an mls deal probably in seven or eight months now Mm -hmm. so i absolutely the the challenge for us in our market is so hot right now is is finding deals and so i've had to learn and adapt Dina, to strategies where i go away from the herd and what i mean by that is if it's an easy place for real estate investors to find the deal and everybody's looking there like the mls every single day then that's exactly where i don't want to be um so i'm not a big fan of trying to find stuff on craigslist or auction sites or MLS type of things because your your untrained investor, that's where they are. So this hot market for me has really pushed me to something I learned from you a long time ago, which is the direct mail process and coming up with lists of motivated sellers that other people aren't thinking are super motivated and then mailing to them and, and getting deals that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's worked out really well for me over the last year or so as this market has just been phenomenally on fire. So I've still been able to find good deals. The good news is the minute you get them finished, they're selling, and they're selling for a full price and sometimes over full price. And the one thing is the carrying cost is very short right now, um, which increases the profit margin. So you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're in a market that's booming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot it's, easier than when you don't have any buyers, that's for sure. Ex- yeah, exactly. It's It's great as long as you know how to do the part that everybody else is finding challenging. Because I, I remember back in yep. 2008 and 2009 when it was mm-hmm. just super hard for first-time home buyers and even move-up buyers, even people with good credit, to get loans. And the few that were out there were so picky. I mean, <laughs> just mm-hmm. if, 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 yep. somebody, if somebody showed up with an FHA allowance at your door... They wanted, I mean, they wanted a Porsche parked in the garage. Practically, that was that was the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was the time. They when were we... the only game in town. Exactly. You had to, you had to concede. I, yeah, because you were just so happy to get a buyer. <laughs> exactly, and that was that was the time when we started putting um, granite countertops into hundred and twenty thousand dollar starter homes. Remember, because before that, yeah. you just don't really do that so much but nope. but but then those buyers were like oh i don't know about this countertop um could we get granite you're like yep <laughs> whatever you want <laughs> yeah. but but you know as a whole we're not in the eight nine and ten anymore <laughs> yeah, exactly as as a wholesaler when i was calculating what a, a retailer like you would pay for a property i was having to work in six months of holding costs be- because because even even though you know you might be able to get the, the get the deal ready to go onto the market in two months, it mm-hmm. would sit and sit and sit and sit and then eventually someone would buy it because it was a great house. But but now I almost ignore holding costs. I mean it's it's like six weeks yep. and out because uh, because yep. anybody who can actually get the get the job done relatively quickly. I mean I the retailers I know are. Each time they are selling a house, they are setting a new market high for that neighborhood. Yep. It's great right now, I have to tell you. I mean, providing you got deal flow coming in, I mean, you can't ask for a better market than this. The holding costs are lower. You can do more houses in a year now than you've ever been able to do. I mean, back in 8, 9, and 10, I was lucky if I could turn my money twice a year. 
Now it's not uncommon to turn the profits four times over. You know, you buy it, you fix it, you sell it, you get it done quick, it goes, you buy another one, fix it, and sell it. You do that three and a half to four times a year now. So there are definitely pluses to the market being hot, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, The one good thing, too, is financing is pretty easy, so the buyers can get financed. There's plenty of money chasing real estate right now because it's on the climb and everything's good. So, you know, the money issues of the buyers getting finances definitely softened substantially. So right now, the green light is on for anybody that wants to be in the real estate game. Now is the time to play ball, for sure. There's another thing that I'm running into with newer investors uh, at the moment are people who people who got out of the retailing game. We're starting to see people that, man, in, in eight and nine, they were just like, nope, 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 not doing that anymore. And now they're looking around and going, hey, it might be time to do that again. They're misunderstanding how it is one goes about financing a deal that you're only going to own for three months. They're saying, well, you know, I can't get bank financing on these deals. And 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 I say, well, I don't, I don't know in what era you are living yeah. right now, <laughs> but that's that's not yeah. actually how it's working. No, that's not the way to do this. You, we both know that. I mean, I haven't stepped foot in a bank to borrow money in 20 years, and I don't plan on doing it again in my lifetime. Uh, I can't think of a bigger waste of time and effort, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, bank financing is obviously not the way to go. Uh, you know, private money lending for me has been terrific, where, you know, IRAs, I'm borrowing from, I have a doctor buddy who's got an IRA. Uh, she's afraid of the stock market. I mean, it's reached an all-time high, but we both know when it, can, it goes down, it can get down pretty quick. Um, so, you know, borrowing IRA investment money is always a good way to do it. Um, private money, hard money, wholesaling, all those are ways to fund deals, partnering, all that stuff is definitely way better than bank financing, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 that's a that's a part of the market that also had fallen apart. I mean, you and I both know the, the largest hard money lender in the country uh, kind of went out of business in around mm-hmm. 2009, 2010. And there was a while there where that just that wasn't much of an option. And now it seems like every time I go to a RIA meeting, there's two new hard money lenders. <laughs> They're saying, hey, we got money yeah. for you. Yeah, and there's a big one that is lending out to a lot of my students. It's got over a billion dollars, and that's with a B, to put out. Um, he sold a, a bunch of 180 Chick-fil-A's and decided to money lend. So I think he sold those Chick-fil-A's for like $11.5 billion, so he decided to take a, dollar, a billion of it and divest it into real estate lending. So he's out there. Um, and that's been the most lenient financing Vena I've seen and. 15 years and the cheapest financing I've seen on on houses that need a lot of renovation in 15 years. So the good thing is there's plenty of money in the marketplace right now to fund the deal. Mm -hmm. And this is this is not hard money to qualify for. This is I I think people get stuck on the idea that their credit score isn't 800 and therefore no one's going to want to loan them money. But that's not really how these guys work. And we're starting to uh-huh. see also now that the, the the amount of competition has gone up that some of the rates are coming down. The, the points are less. You know, I'm seeing people, uh, hard money lenders trying to compete on interest rate. They're saying, oh, we only charge uh-huh. 11.25, not 12, as if that mattered that much over the course <laughs> of three months, right? But, um, yeah, right. But, but we're starting to see some of that. So I, I think, you know, 
guys, don't don't worry about that. It, you, <laughs> you'll be fine money-wise if you just sort of plug into into some of these hard money type um, uh, situations. So, Robin, I think it, one of the places that women do actually have a big advantage in really real estate investing in general, um, real estate entrepreneurship in general, and I just I just kind of want to get your take on this, is I think that when you're looking for the deals, sellers would actually rather talk to a woman than a man. Like you got a, you got a desperate seller who's yep. got something ugly happening in their life. There's a divorce. There, you know, health problems, financial problems, whatever. I think that that they preferentially would call you as opposed to some guy named Tom if he if 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 they didn't know either. Get get two postcards. One says Robin. One says Tom. I think they're going to call the one that says Robin. What do you think? I do. Um, what I've noticed, Bina, is in my negotiations is. A, a lady will admit to me everything that's wrong in her life and, and be very good to tell me everything that's wrong so that I can understand the best way to help her. Um, a married couple, I do very well with the negotiations with them as well. And then also, I've got a pretty good way to build rapport with, a, with guys that are, you know, maybe a divorce and, or he's lost his wife. I think they're much more willing to be open and honest about what the motivation is. Why are they forced to sell? What will they take? And I don't think they feel nearly as threatened that somebody's going to try to steal their house out from under them. Um, you know, a guy that comes out in a pinstripe suit, it looks like a serious business guy like off of Wall Street. I think that's a real challenge. And I think ladies have a much better softer personality so they're willing to talk if they just slow down long enough to listen to what the sellers are saying and then the other benefit i think women have Vina, is we're good at multitasking i mean if you look at a typical mom who has a kid she can feed a bottle answer the phone pay the bills and figure out what's for dinner all at once she's got three things going on or four at the same time well when it comes to talking to sellers following up paperwork you know getting a buyer through the mortgage. I mean, you can do multiple tasks, and you're, you're good at that. You're good at juggling multiple things. Guys are more linear thinkers. They can focus on one thing at a time. So they got to do one thing, get that done. They can't look at anything else. And so I think because women are great multitaskers, and maybe it's because raising families and raising kids, uh, I think that's a huge advantage, a huge advantage to get more things done a lot quicker than uh, our male counterparts. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think we're huge assets in this business. Once you realize the strength that you bring to this, and you realize you have the strength that it takes for this business, there's sky's the limit. We're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we will wrap up this discussion with Robin Thompson, the Queen of Rehab, on uh, her her views on the market, her views on the real t- retailing business, women in the business, all of that sort of stuff. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Robin Thompson about all sorts of stuff. This hasn't hasn't been the typical, let's start at the beginning and walk through the whole process uh, show that we do, but I hope you guys are finding it useful. And um, during the break, it occurred to me that there might be some guys out there who heard what I said about if there's a postcard that says Robin, an identical postcard that says Tom, 
sellers are preferentially going to call Robin and the guys are out there thinking, so should I change my name to Tina? (laughs) And the the answer is no, you know, use, use the resources you have. If you have a, a spouse or partner whose name you could put on the card, you know, who's a woman, that would be a great thing. When I, um, my, my acquisitions coordinators keep bouncing back and forth. I I've had a, a girl, a guy, a girl, a guy. And when it's a guy, when it's a girl, the postcard says, call Jen. When it's a guy, it says, call Vina or Dan. And and that way, you know, people never, they don't, you know, this guy does the first interview, so they're not going to talk to me. Uh, but I think seeing the name on the card helps them out. So, you know, use use whatever resources yep. you have around you, whether you are a a man or a woman and um robin if you don't mind i'd like to spend the last five minutes of the of the show here talking a little bit to the gals who are out there who i don't know you know when when you and i got started in the business it was pretty much all male i'd I'd go into a Mm -hmm. group and there would be three three women and they were all wives (laughs) you know they were all they were all they, they weren't they weren't there to do real estate they were there because their husbands did real estate and and I think that has changed a lot. And I think that um, there's not there's not that sort of automatic barrier of real estate is a man's business that that came across loud and clear to me back when I first got started. But at the same time, I I still feel like women don't necessarily feel like this is something that they can be super successful at. I mean, yeah, I can go buy a rental or two, but I'm not going to build a big business like Robin Thompson did. What What would you say to to the woman who who's like, oh, I love this, I'm passionate about it, but, I, you know, I don't know, as a woman, I'm just not sure that there's a place for me like that out in the world. Well, there's definitely a place for you, for sure. I mean, it all starts with having goals and aspirations and and planning where you want to go. I mean, when I first got in this business, I didn't think there were maybe more than three or four good deals a year that I could ever find. Once I started actually sending out postcards and mailers like you had talked about, the phone rang over and over and over and over again. And I mean, I was just, the first year, I was just shocked. I couldn't believe how many people were motivated to sell a house. And you don't understand that, you know, divorce job transfer, uh, medical issues, death in the family. That happens to a lot of people. So there's a lot more opportunity, I think, than most women open their eyes to see. Um, if they start doing the, the direct mail marketing and some of the other strategies that you and I use, uh, it's not hard to do 15, 20, 30 houses a year. You, you have to answer the phone. <laughs> it's the key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they just need to put one foot in front of the other and then the snowball starts to gain momentum. And and I think it's important, you know, be, being a real estate entrepreneur is not like being a fireman. There's not a no. certain set of things that you have got to do in a certain way or people die, you know. You kind of make it you kind of make it what your personality makes it. And I, and I think I think maybe the reason that a lot of women sort of feel secondary in this business is because a lot of the guys who are real successful um, have a certain set of personality traits and you will, you will, you will recognize the kind of guy I'm talking about. Um, They're brash, they're loud, they're, uh, you know, always bragging about all the deals they do. They 
tend to have a lot of um they have a lot of things right they drive the right car they live in the right house they wear the right watch all of that sort of thing and they seem to they i think they seem to a lot of women to be very brash is the is the best word i can come up with it and mm-hmm. i think sometimes women look at that and they go man if that's what it takes if it if it takes you know being being loud and take no prisoners and all that kind of stuff i don't have that and i i don't think i, I, I think vina that's exactly what it doesn't take and i think i do probably more deals than most men do because i am compassionate that i'm willing to listen to the seller and you know if there is a medical challenge or somebody has passed away i you know i very much have a heart about it and the last thing i want to do is be that tough to somebody. I think people want to do business with people they like, not that. So the lesson I think for for women and I mean let's let's not sit here and pretend like every man thinks he can do it. You know, I've, I've met I've met men who right. who they love the idea of rehabbing houses and they think well, but you know my 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 dad was a scientist and I'm an engineer and I've never. I've never seen drywall mud. I'm never going to be able to pull this off or I can't do it because, I mean, you've heard all the excuses. I can't do it because mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you, if you learn how to do it and you just start taking the steps at whatever pace you can manage, given what else is going on in your life and you follow the path that other people have laid out, but you also, I mean, you do the things they tell you to do, but you also apply your own personality to it and your own passions to it. It will come out fine. It really will. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, it, and Dean, I, I hate to say this, but you have a lot of margin for screwing up and still doing okay in this business. I mean, if you're going to buy a house, fix it up and sell it, and you think you're going to make 35000 and you goof up, and it takes longer than you thought, and... It ends up you only make twenty five thousand. That's still a pretty good part time job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's better than what I did, which was waitressing nights and weekends for like twelve dollars and fifty cents an hour. And, and that's why I think people get hung up that they have to be perfectionists with this. They don't. Sometimes good enough is good enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 again, because I, you know, I, I I I hear I hear folks like you who've been doing this forever say things, and in my head I try and I try and hear what a new investor might be hearing as opposed to what you're saying. And yes, you can afford to screw up if you have the education in the first place, so that you were be you were able to accurately calculate that you were going to make 35,000. You know, you paid the right price for the house. Mm-hmm. You did the repair estimates correctly. You knew what repairs to make. All of that stuff is is education. And right. if you if you if you thought you were going to make 35 but that's because you didn't know that the house was only worth 180 fixed up and you thought it was worth 225 cuz Zillow told you so. Oh, well, yeah, that's the most important part is knowing what you're going to be really able to sell it for. Yeah. That's where it all starts. Yeah, and you thought it was only going to be a twelve thousand. Right, you thought it was only going to be a twelve thousand dollar rehab because that's what the wholesaler said it was going to be. The wholesaler's never actually fixed up a house. That's what he said it was going to be. You know, it's you got to you got to actually you got to actually know what you're doing. But truly, when I talk to people about their fear, 
You know, why, why you, you, you know what this thing is. You know what retailing is. You seem to be drawn to it. You tell me you like making ugly things pretty. You tell me you like money. <laughs> why are you not doing it? You know, they say, well, I'm afraid. And, and the, the truth is male, female, whatever. That fear comes from not knowing what you're doing. And, and it, it, well, and it's a healthy fear. If you don't have the education, it is a healthy fear. But the yeah, the yeah. the key is the key is go get the education because the more you know, you know, for real, the more the easy the easier it will turn out to be, and the less fear you will have because it's just you you you're afraid of the unknown. Well, the fear of the unknown is definitely the major one. So just get educated, and that makes the fear of the unknown go away. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have like one minute left. Is there anything that you would like to say to the world, to the listening audience here, that would help them to um, to take the bull by the horns and, and do something in this market while it's while it is this hot? Well, I mean, I have to say this: if they're ever going to play ball in this game, now is the time. I mean, we saw in two thousand two, three, four, five, six that somebody that wasn't super smart and didn't have a lot of money, could make a lot of money in real estate. Then when the market took a downward turn, it was tough for some of the senior folks to do well because it took forever to sell them. And we're back to one of the hottest markets, if not the hottest market I've ever seen in my life. So while there is plenty of money to play ball and it's easy to sell it, and it's easy to sell it for a high dollar amount because there's just not enough houses available, now's the time. Mm-hmm. There is no better time than the present if they want to get into it. And I would just recommend taking a light rehab as your first one. Don't, your first project should not need fifty or $60,000 to repair. <laughs> Start out with something that's just paint, carpet, kitchen, or paint, carpet, kitchen, bath. Um, and, you know, you'll make a modest profit on that one and then build on what you learned. The next one gets a little bit more in repairs than the one before. And take your baby steps forward, but don't stand still, for sure. So Robin Thompson agrees with Nancy Reagan and says just do it. <laughs> appreciate appreciate your appreciate your time today robin uh we'll definitely bring you back later on in the year and and have a more in-depth conversation on exactly you know how you are finding deals right now and what what the what the latest renovations that people want are and all of those things that we usually talk about but i do appreciate you coming in today and just sort of sharing your thoughts on on the market and women in real estate and all of that sort of thing so uh thank you very much we will Thanks. be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then Happy investing.